You're listening to the Influential Conversations podcast with the property management coach and industry influence of the year, Kurt Stafford and guests. Well, g'day again and welcome to what is going to be the final in this season of Influential Conversations. And I thought it appropriate that for the final I'd introduce you to someone you may already know. It's a guy who I've got to know pretty well over the last three or four years. Probably one of the nicest guys in the industry. Yes, he paid me for that comment. Uh, He is a consultant, a thought leader. He is the president of the REIQ at the moment. His name is Peter Brewer. He's known also as that Peter Brewer. Peter, welcome to Influential Conversations and thank you so very, very much for your time for, for this final in the season. Kirk, can I just say it's an honour for you to have me. Yeah, that's what I say. all yours, isn't it? Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, mate, all of the interruptions I've had, that is without question the most recent. So, mate, it's yes, an absolute honour. And uh, thank you. I'd love to spend a bit of time hey, just shooting the breeze and talking about uh, what a couple of old farts would talk yep. about when they get together that's with exactly a right. for property. Yep. Well, that, that's exactly right. I, mean, I think we, we, we do share that passion. I think we've both been around since, well, and I, I keep saying since dinosaurs roamed the earth and you, you had a couple of years on me. So <laughs> that, that makes us, does it make us old? Oh, no, no. I think, no, I think it makes us wise. We've got so much to share, even though people think might, we, we might think we're crusty old farts. We've been around the block a few times and I think we know some stuff. And yep. when people kind of tap us on the shoulder, I think blokes like you and I love to share our wisdom. Uh, and quite often it's pretty valuable stuff if people want to take some notice. Well, yeah, if they want to listen, yeah. And that's just it. I think people, when, when they ask, they do want to listen. That's, that's, that's the trick of it because it's, it's rare that people will actually approach you for some advice and then disregard it. Or you, you would hope they're not going to disregard it because it's your time, it's my time, it's their time, that, that everybody's invested in that in that conversation. Pete, let's go back to when you started, which was, you know, yeah. just a few years ago. How did you get into real estate? Oh, how did I get into real estate? Well, the year was, uh, I was going to say 1882. Uh, no, it was about 1982. Um, and <laughs> my family had always been involved in the real estate industry, or for many years had been involved in the real estate industry. And so like many families, it was inevitable I'd be involved somewhere or other. But I decided in 1982, I wasn't going to just jump into the family business. I went and cut my teeth with one of my dad's competitors in an adjoining area, um, and uh, oh. and it was just awesome, you know, um, and uh, and I learned so much selling both land on the mainland and then all, all, as well across on the Bay Islands of Wharton Bay, mm-hmm. and uh, so that gave me so much learning. I used to I used to go down to uh, an office called Ray White Capalabar on a Tuesday and a Thursday night as part of my learning, and I used to take down a carton of beer and a couple of pizzas, and I'd sit there and watch these four guys do their vendor feedback calls of 400 listings every Tuesday and Thursday night. And it taught me... 400 listings? 400 listings. It was the Ray White office at Capella at the time. And for them, it was all about managing sellers' expectations, which back in the mid-'80s was really, really important because you just had that volume of stock. And so Mm -hmm. I learned from the absolute best. And it's funny, Kurt, because I I thought, okay, I've I've done my apprenticeship uh, with this other office. I should go and talk to dad and see if there's an opportunity. So dad said, yes, mind you, I was living at home. Dad said, yes, you can come for an interview. And I said, that's awesome. So I went for this interview with my father and he asked all the, all the interview questions. And then he said, he said, okay, look, 
Here's an application form. Fill it in uh, and uh, just go off to the side room, do that, and then uh, give me a call tomorrow and I'll let you know how you went with your interview. Cool. So I filled in this form and I rang him the next day and I said, how did I go? He said, well, look, if you'd actually paid some attention, you would have seen there was a reverse to that form and it asked for three references and you haven't given me those three references. So he said, you'll need to come back, write down the name of those three references. And, then, um, <laughs> and, you know, and for him, that was about making sure that I dotted the I's, crossed the T's, and it was one of the mm -hmm. best lessons I've learned coming to the business. Yep. He wanted to demonstrate to the rest of the team that um, that uh, you just don't walk in and get a gear here. And uh, so right. that's a lesson in detail, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mm. You know, and it makes you think about that as you go through. You can't, you can't, you know, it'll bring, the, bring you unstuck. What was interesting about those times, Kirk, and, and, I, and you might have seen, I, I posted about it recently. When I started in, in 82, 81, 82, the, I was looking at my old business card that didn't have a mobile phone on it, it didn't have a fax on it, it didn't have an email address on it, it didn't have a website on it. There was an office phone number and an address. That was it. And it didn't have our photos on them either back then. Didn't we didn't, we didn't have our photos on the cards. Yeah. But somehow or other, I managed to to survive with about started with about twenty five by three cards in a database that became mm. probably five or six hundred five by three cards, and I would start at A and ring through to Z and then go back to A again, just trying to build that database of clients. You know, yep. no such things as CRMs or websites. So, but we managed to survive because business was about personal interaction. So it was that's really right. interesting times. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and that's that's still key. Really, when you when you consider all the the advances that we've had since then, that we've we, you've gone from as you, and I was the same. I started in in sales as well, and I started by the little five by three index cards, and they were all you alphabetized, and, and you had you you wrote little notes to the date that you contacted them, and a couple of key words as to what you spoke about. But with all the advances in technology now, I mean, the the the, the only thing that's not done for us is is the calls being made. But hey, who knows that might be the future. But the well, one key. Well, there is there is AI that does that. There are you know there's you know some really cool systems that do that. But ultimately, people buy people. You yep. know that's where the business. I sat with a guy recently, Kirk, in an office, and and I said we need to make some calls. You know this is all about communication. Well, he had the most spectacular Excel spreadsheet with everyone's name their email address, their telephone number, the address of the property. You know, he sorted that. He put it in different formats. He had the do not call. Everything was there. And that took about one hour and 45 minutes of the two hours we'd put aside for calls. We got to the last 15 minutes. I said, are we actually going to pick up the phone and ring anyone? Oh, no, no. We haven't got time for that. Now time's run out. I'm going, <laughs> oh, just yeah. pick up the phone. Yep, that's right. Exactly. All our, the majority of our problems would be resolved very quickly if that's what we did. Yeah, yeah. There's a great positive, there's a great negative to the amount of technology we've got around at the moment. That's, and I'm going for mobiles with text messaging and WhatsApping and, and Facebook messaging, all those, but also the CRMs and everything else. It makes it very easy to, to, to keep in touch, but it doesn't give us time to build the relationship because the relationship can really only be built by hearing someone's tone of voice, by hearing the inflections, by... Working out whether they're upset, what they're upset about. Yeah. Um, or working out whether they've had a good day and what you can do to add to that. Yeah. 100%. That's my view. You know, and, and yeah. I think we should, you know, we absolutely share that. It's about people, it's about relationships, mm. it's about yeah. trust, it's about, you know, people are handing us the keys to their single biggest asset. They want to know there's actually a person there. Uh, we're not some dodgy mm -hmm. bastard. Yeah. So, that's right. 
That's right. Yeah. So how did you go? I mean, from, from, from sales to property management, what led you into the, the, the realm of property management? Was it was it owning your own office? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. We, it, the, the, the office, it was Dad's office I bought in uh, 91, I think, 92, something like that. Um, it was funny because, you know, he said, I'm going to sell a business. And I went, holy shit, I, you know, I can't work for anyone. And so down I toddled to the Commonwealth Bank at Manly and borrowed 100 grand or something or other and, handed over a check, and all of a sudden, instant real estate principal. We knew lots about sales, but not a lot about property management. So that became mm-hmm. a very fast learning curve to understand the nuances between uh, both and, and the importance of property management in that business. It became a real focus to grow that rent roll to, you know, to a significant size. And it was funny, I went to um, I went to a lot of Robert Bevan's training back in those days, and I don't think oh, I yeah. trains anymore. But, uh, you know, again, this is kind of how blind I was at the time and you know and gullible is the wrong word but I went to a Robert Bevan training session and at the commissions our office were charging at the time was 7.5 percent plus GST but in fact there wasn't even a GST I think we had seven half percent and posted your pennies and maybe three bucks or four bucks and Robert talked about you know well you really need to increase your fees and and uh you know get your income up and I'm sitting there going oh we should do that and he said, I've created this template letter. You just send this to your landlords and say, due to insurance costs and costs of running businesses, you're increasing your fee by 2.5% to 10%. And I went, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's fine. So I blindly came back and we sent that letter off to all of our owners just to say, you know, because of all these additional costs, our fees going, you know, are increased by 2.5%. And I got a phone call, you know, like, you know, let's say at that stage to 100 odd owners. And I got a phone call from one of the, one of the owners to say, you realise that's not 2.5%. You realise that's more like 25% or even yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way. That's right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Our, our income, yeah, that's right. And this is what, what we, we don't understand. We don't look at when we're and, – and, and the big talk at the moment is is discounting fees, you know, because there's, it's such a blight. And you say, oh, you know, I've had people say, oh, it's only 1%. You say, no, well, let's see, if you go from 7% to 6%, that's – one seventh of your income. That's sixteen percent or fifteen percent of your income. You've just given away. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. great. And we've got to stop that. We've got to stop being so prepared to hand it away when we look at the way costs are increasing, the way we need to remunerate and reward the, the good people we've got doing the job. Yep. That's got to change. And so it was fascinating because of of those hundred odd letters that went. I think we lost maybe four people, mm-hmm. and we'd increased our income by twenty five percent. And I'm going, oh, this is kind of pretty good. Um, and uh, and what was fascinating at the same time, my single biggest competitor had reduced their fees to 5%. So I've gone to 10, they've gone to 5, and I'm thinking, oh, no. I've what, have I done? You know, yeah. what have I done? I've paid all this money for this asset. But I see, you know, as I said, we lost four properties, and we continued to grow because we were confident about our product. We had good people, and we grew and grew and grew. Um mm-hmm. It became a real focus for me just to do that and do that well where so many of the other sales-based businesses in my market were focused just on sales. And I went, no, I've got to grow this asset. And it was fascinating when we grew, and I bought another another rent roll as well, how we went from profit mode to super profit mode um, you know, with little or extra overheads, but just with some good stock, uh, you know, some other good managements on board. So, yeah, so that became a focus uh, and, and, you know, and really helpful because that allowed me in 2008 to say I'm going to put my feet up, spend my all-gotten gains, sell the business and lie on the beaches of the world um, with oceans of money washing over my glorious body. Yeah. How's that working out for you? Yeah, not so (laughs) (laughs) 15 years on. Are you still not working, Peter? Are you still lying on that beach? (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, but, so the concept was good, but uh, yeah, so that was the focus for me. That's where I said, that's where there's some serious money and we need to look after those property management people. Well, uh, like I always look at it in, in sales, I think we we wake up unemployed every day. We're going to chase the business property management. It's there. And if you look after your clients and provide great relationships mm-hmm. and show them how to create wealth, then, you know, that money's there. Yeah, and you're right, but, but it all does come down to that relationship and it's about being in touch with the client and, and not through one of these things. You know, it's, you know, they're, you know they're, they're, they're great for, for a, a quick message, but have a conversation. I've, I've, you know, I've resolved problems in offices and I've, I've probably done it three or four times, gone into offices and rescued either portfolios or a whole department. Uh, and I've done it by having conversations or take them out for a coffee if there's a problem. You know, meet someone face to face. They'll be angry for three minutes, and then you can start saying, "Okay, well, that's all that out of the way. We, you know, now let's work out how we're going to resolve this." Kirk, let's, one of the, let's, let's chart the path forward. Yep, one of, one of the owners uh, that I had of properties uh, had twenty three properties. He was a dentist, lived in the Blue Mountains, and we were up in Brisbane and. Uh, and I said, you know, so we sold the business and therefore 23 of his properties were going across to the to the buyer, and which mm-hmm. meant in that stage I had to get new agreements. And a couple of people said, you're just going to post them away. I went, I'm not going to post them away because every one of those was worth about five grand. It's $115,000. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I got a $99 fare through, I don't know, you know, Compass Airways or whatever it was at the time, <laughs> you know, and flew down, hired a car, went out to the Blue Mountains, got 23 new authorities signed mm-hmm. and, and the client appreciated the fact that I valued the business that much that I would go out and see him. For me, it was a $115,000 drive. It was worth the drive and worth the effort to go and maintain the relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right, because by doing that, you're actually securing it. And it's it's it's, a, it's that matter of going that extra step mm-hmm. that I think most of us probably would have taken the, the, the easy way and just gone, oh, look, we'll, we'll just use one of the, the, the digital signature platforms these days. Yeah. It's only going to take a couple of minutes, but when, when you're talking about a chunk of funds that big, well, you want to make sure that you insure it as best you can. In fact, in fact, I was actually sharing this with a story with a young fellow on Saturday night. We were talking about early lessons, and I talked about my dad giving me lessons before about dotting the I's, crossing the T's, putting the references in, all that kind of stuff. And I remember in my early stages, um, I was selling a property in Rixton Street in Manly West in Brisbane. And it was Saturday afternoon. The house was on the market for $61,000 and an offer came in for fifty-seven. And, and I'm, you know, I'm young and, you know, naive and I'm on the phone and I'm ringing this Mr. and Mrs. Richardson. I'm saying, you know, um, look, just really let you know I've got an offer here at $57,000. I know you're asking sixty-one. What do you think we should do? And, uh, and they said, yeah, not for us, Peter. And I put the phone down and my dad yelled and said, what the f- are you doing? And I said, <laughs> and the Richardsons with an offer. And he said, they are about one and a half kilometres drive from our office. And you, you're looking at, oh, let's say it might have been a six or $7,000 commission. He said, mm-hmm. and you're too lazy to get off your ass and drive around the block and sit down and have a, a conversation with those people. Get in your frigging car and get around there now. And I thought, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dad. <laughs> yes, Dad. Absolutely. Did they, did they take the fifty-seven thousand? Yeah, yeah, oh well, there you go. We sat down, we had a chat, you know, and they went, "Yeah, well, that t- yeah, that makes total sense." But you know, it's that stuff where it's too easy to flick a text or mm-hmm. you know, or to yeah. you know, what, yeah. all that stuff when you know. That's right. And if you, yeah, and 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 texts are good for, as I said, just just a drop and run message. But the hard conversations need to be face-to-face in some way, whether it's over the phone if they're not immediately um, accessible or whether you, you you bring whoever it is into the office to have that, that challenging chat with them 
or you, you you do a Zoom call if they're interstate or overseas or something along those lines. So you can actually eyeball them and they can eyeball you and tell you what the real problem is. And you actually get a better conversation, a better outcome. So much better. relationship. Yeah. It loses context. You know, you, you, you're a daughter, you know. Um, I know my Lauren would, you know, she'd get a text message from one of her friends and he'd, you know, you know, and, and she'd say, see, she's being a bitch to me. And I go, she said hello. <laughs> yeah, but it's the way she said hello. I'm going, no, no, she just said hello. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's talking a about bunch of dots on the screen. That's all of these. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, she just said hello. There wasn't any other thing. So anyway, and we all potentially guilty of that at various stages. So yeah. Oh look, yeah. And, and because we, we move so quickly, we, we do think, oh, I'll just send them a quick text. Whatever it is. I, I do it with with friends, I do it with my daughter. Uh, I, I actually do it with my 89-year-old mother from time to time as well. And, and she texts back, so she understands the phone. <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah, but I also have really long conversations with each of those people that maintains those relationships. But I, you know, try to do that also with clients, not not just bounce back and forth with emails because it, it at the end of the day, it doesn't resolve anything. It probably creates a greater challenge than, than it would, would otherwise do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was yeah. aged up a few years ago so would sit down and Ernie Harrison was his name and Ernie would say, before he did anything, he'd always sit down and say, what do I want to achieve from this call? And he'd write it down to be really, really clear. And so sometimes, you know, flicking a text to someone is okay because all you want to achieve is just say, you know, I mean, I've, you know, flick you a text in time to say, make great interview, good stuff, do a great work, you know, and I know that's just a touch point, you know. No, yep. I've probably got time to spend 20 minutes shooting the breeze because we'd end up spending an hour shooting the breeze. But I just want to get a message to you and let you know, yeah. you know, you've written some really good stuff. And then there's yeah. other times to say, okay, let, let's have a deeper conversation. So there's a place for it, but we've just got to think about what do I want to achieve from this? Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what do you want the outcome to be? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just want to just just touch on challenges in your life and and, and, and how you've dealt with them because one of the, the, the underpinning themes of this this whole series has been Trying to give people the idea, you know, some some pointers on where to go, what to do when they're in a situation where they're challenged. We've all had them. I mean, there's, there's no one who can turn around and say, "No, I haven't had challenges in my life." You know, everything's been you know sunshine and rainbows the entire my, my entire life. Yep. When when you found yourself with a a, a personal challenge mm-hmm. and you start to flatten out, where do you go? What, what do you do? When you're in that, because you're a pretty upbeat sort of a guy. Every time I've yeah. seen you, you've been really upbeat. But yeah. you, you're not like that all the time. None of us possibly can be, even you. Sorry, mate. Yeah, where where do you go? What do you? Where do you get your inspiration from? Um, oh, uh, I've got a really good circle of friends. Tara, my partner, my kids are outstanding. Uh, people like you, people, you know, a good circle of people that I can go to with almost anything, and, and, and I'm, I haven't shared this with a lot of people, but just, you know, so I'm going through one of those spots at the moment. And mm-hmm. so I've actually sought some professional help, and I don't want this to be a therapy session, but sometimes you've got to get professional help. My mum passed mm-hmm. away in April. Uh, we've been very close, um, yeah. uh, and it, that was hard. She'd had cancer for three months, and that was tough. My brother then, three weeks after my mother passed away, decided to challenge mum's will, which was devastating and just not what you'd expect mm-hmm. and three, week, three weeks ago my brother decided to commit suicide and did so oh. 
I left yeah. a very shitty um, uh, video behind. Uh, mm. And uh, so, you know, those three things, and, you know, I hope that's not triggering for anyone, but it just, you know, I sat back and said, what do I need to do, you know, because uh, that's hard, you know, it's hard to process that stuff. That'd be, that's, that's, no, 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 that's, that's not just hard, mate, that's bloody tough. Yeah, that's tough. But, but you know, but I'm fortunate that I've got a really good support network around me who are there to pick me up, who understand there's challenges, who are telling me the things, you know, that I need to do, like, you know, get up, listen to some good podcasts, get, you know, eat the right food, get out and talk to people, don't internalise stuff, find people in your network that you can honestly trust because we've all got them. And I think that's, you know, there's a wider thing of all of us have got these networks that we don't call on enough if the shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know if I had a problem, I could ring you and have a chat to you about it and vice versa. Mm, yep, sure. We'd be mm-hmm. in silence and we'd support each other. And sometimes, you know, it's like, are you okay, though? You know, none of us know what to say. Well, sometimes it's just to listen, you know, yep. just to listen. Um, and so I don't know whether that's – I'm not sure that I'm giving the right advice there. Well, no, no, no. There's, well, there's no, there's no right or wrong. It's it's what works for you. That's that's yeah. that's what, what, what the questions sort of, I guess – Aim to, to to tease out. Well, but you know, yeah. firstly, let me say I'm sorry about your brother. I really am. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, yeah. That, that that's an awful thing. But I think also, you know, we we all and you you touched on it a minute ago. We, we've got networks around us that Probably. you know that the you know, particular. And, and I tell you, who's the worst out? Middle-aged white men. You and I. Yeah. Our, our demographic. We think we can get through it. Yeah, you know, it's going to be okay. No, I've got this. I can handle this. But sometimes you just need to say, you just yeah, got you know what. I just yeah, I just need a little bit of help. I just need to have someone I can talk to about this. Yep. Yeah. And there and is you know, one thing. Go on, man. No, no, I was just yeah. saying I was with my stepfather this morning and, and you know he's eighty eight and he, he's that tough old Englishman, you know, and you know, and he's still devastated by by all of this, you know, which everyone is. Um but mm-hmm. he, you know, he's just gonna tough it through. He's gonna uh, one of his family said re- recently, he's one of those old Englishmen that only gives affection to horses and, and dogs, you know. Um yeah, that you know, and and I was saying this, you know, you know, mate, there is no shame in that game. I went and saw a psychiatrist, I've sat down, had a chat. It was so good just to vent and share and you know, and you know, and I said, you know, you're gonna give me tablets, what are you gonna do? She said, You know what to do. You need to, you know, surround yourself with good people, you need a really good diet of stuff. Uh, you need to read some positive stuff. You need to listen to positive stuff. If music's an important part of your life, then do that. It's not the same for everyone, but that's what's working for me. Um, and right. yeah. uh, but but you know, but it is you know, and and I see this across. You know, I wrote a thing a little while about. Um, uh, I've been through some challenges where I'd got two new knees, and I wrote a mm-hmm. I wrote an article about um, you know the five things I learnt from double knee replacements, and um, yep. you know, one of those things was. Um, the first thing was was around expectation because there's so much expectation in this industry. If you're not earning a million dollars, if you're not driving the fanciest BMW, if you're not doing this, if you're not doing that, you're a loser. Mm-hmm. Well, that's bullshit to me. Um, yeah. You know, um, if you're earning sixty grand and you and you're smiling, you're happy, and you're looking after your customers, that'll do me. You don't need mm-hmm. to be. Um, that's right. Ex- yeah. Yeah. But the sad reality is also, I just just sort of jump in there. The sad, well, it's not a sad reality. The reality is. This this obviously applies more to real estate to the sales than it does to the property managers, but very very few of them are earning those big dollars. There would be I reckon five percent of five percent. The rest of them are earning a good wage, mostly hopefully. But I remember seeing a study years ago, and this is when I was uh, president, uh, sorry chairman of the um, real estate professionals property management committee down here in Victoria, 
I remember seeing a stat then from the pros group that across Australia, the average real estate salesperson was only earning marginally more than the property managers were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of gloss and there's a lot of facade. It's <laughs> a lot of bullshit. That goes. <laughs> and the sad part of that is, Kirk, and, I, and in this that article I wrote, you know, I gave you an example of a, a young guy, um, David John Newlands from the Gold Coast. David was 31, and and uh, David passed away in January of 2021, so two years back, um, because the expectations and the pressure of everyone around him were, you know, if you're not writing a million bucks, if you haven't got the the best BMW, you haven't got this, and, and you know, and, and you know, and, you know, David decided the world, you know, that there was another world that, you know, he, well, he didn't want to be part of this one based on all that pressure and bullshit. And that annoys mm. the living crap out of me because, you know, um, you know, so many of those wallies that are talking that stuff and, you know, you know, you know, you know they wouldn't mm. have to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we've all seen them. We've all seen them. Yeah. Yep. That's right. And there's some really good ones out there, but there are a lot out there that 100%. just, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're just speaking through their head. Well, really can, you know, consumers yeah. just want to deal with a real person that gives a shit about solving their problems. You know, that's, that, exactly. that's, 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 you know, I don't care mm -hmm. about your, Five hundred thousand dollars worth of watches, and yeah, you know, you all the other crap there. I just mm -hmm. show me that yep. you give a shit. Show yep. me that you feel. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep, and show that you got the solution to what their current need is. Yep, that's all they want. As you said, yep, we're problem solver in chief for their for their real estate problem. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we are. True. But if it's not us, it'll be somebody that's else in the industry. That's yep. our job. Yeah, exactly. Mate, you know we've been around a lot. Yep. We've been around a while. We've seen a lot. What do you reckon the next three to five years is going to bring? Oh. This is a tough question because if you go back five years, if, yeah. if I asked you that question in 2018, because I've had forget which year, if I asked you in 2018, where do you see yourself in five years, I can guarantee you wouldn't say, well, we'll be tailing the COVID, this will, or, or these are the things that would have happened. Yeah. So it's there's a lot of crystal ball gazing. Yeah, but totally. we've had a lot of tech thrown at us in a lot, very short period of time. We're now at the threshold, I think, of, of what, AI is is doing and the and the big buzz at the moment is around Chat GPT and I'm I'm just looking at that and I'm just going, this is just mind boggling because yes. you're not only dealing with that you're dealing with the generative AI as well where you can create images. I'm I'm just looking at that just going this is and I've got a tiny little mind and it's blown it. <laughs> yeah. well, where do you think where do you think we're going to be in say three or five years time as an uh, industry? Look, all of that stuff like that genuinely excites me. Um, mm -hmm. But again, we've got to be careful that we don't embrace that, you know, thinking it's going you know, I, you might have heard me talk about this recently. I went to order a banana smoothie recently. I walked up to the counter and I said, the young lady, have a banana smoothie with honey, please. She said, no problem. She must hit about 20 different buttons on the keypad, right? You know, there's this, do you want honey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want a big one? Yeah, yeah. What kind of milk do you want? Yeah, yeah, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> she tapped the button about 20, 25 times. Then she turned around and made the banana smoothie. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Why? Why? We get so fascinated. Look, and I'm a nerd. Like, I'm a, I love technology and what it can do. But I'll also look at that, the latest Macquarie benchmarking survey that says that over the last eight years, even with the advent of some amazing technology in our industry, the number of properties managed per property manager is still sub 150. So mm -hmm. we've got inspection apps and virtual tours and, and the latest consoles or the latest MRIs or the latest whatever it is. Yep. But somehow or other, it's not, not helping us to manage more properties. 
And so there's a range of reasons it might be that it's crap tech. I think it's probably not embraced properly. I think two things, I think we are creatures of habit very much. Uh, and we say, well, that's all nice that the tech might do that, but I've got my way of doing things. You know, I want my yeah. tenants to come to the office or I want this. So I think mm-hmm. we've got to be prepared to accept change. And I think business owners have got mm-hmm. to be serious about if they're going to invest in this stuff, then they've got to be saying to the staff, show me how that's making more money or making you more efficient or making your life better. You know, if it makes yeah, the property manager's life better, that's awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I was at an office in, in in Queensland recently where the property managers had convinced the business owner that they needed um, MailChimp because the sales CRM wasn't good enough for communicating. And I just said, well, that's for me, that's bullshit. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's so that my, my my response to the business owner is now they've had it for three months. Now get them to explain to you and show you how that how, is, yep. how it's actually generated more efficiency, more money, mm-hmm. or, or a better, you know, better experience mm-hmm. for the customer. So that's a long bit of way of saying the technology is magnificent, but we gotta bloody implement it and spend some time making sure it works. Otherwise, it's just another bit of bullshit that's going to yep. baffle our day, and we end up with a dashboard of twenty different things that don't talk to each other, and we're all confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, so, and that's that's the big thing there. It, it's 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 all got to integrate with each other because it's yep. no good. And, and look. Some of it works really well together, but some of it's still very, very clunky, and you've got to go to this program for that and this program for the other thing, and then you know sort of try to you know cut and you know, copy and paste that across into here. And when we what we really need, and I think this is coming. I think there's a couple of a, a, a couple of the vendors, a couple of the tech vendors that are getting close to it, where everything will will integrate, and some of it's going to be generative. It's going to generate its own workflows for us. Which I think is going to be great because it's going to then mean that we can, and we've got a staffing crisis. We we, we know we've got a staffing crisis, so the the number of people that we've got to utilise from the population of PMs that are around to manage properties, the, the number of properties might have shrunk a little bit because of the the way that the world's been the last twelve or eighteen months, but the number of property managers has shrunk even more. So your pressure on them is actually greater to manage more properties. Now, a lot of PMs, when you say, oh, you know, we, you're going to manage more properties, will have a conniption because they're used to being able to, to, to have to do everything. If we can say, yes, okay, we're going to give you an extra 25% of your portfolio, but first we're going to introduce you to these pieces of technology hmm. that are actually going to streamline your processes it may be AI, it may be a VA, it, it, it may, there's, there's a whole range of things that it may be that we may not even have thought about at the moment. Yeah. And, and, and we're going to make your life simpler first and then give you more to do. You, you spoke recently about, um, and I'll paraphrase, you spoke recently about, you know, uh, franchises, independence, institutes. We've got a role to play in making property management sexy again. Um, mm, yeah, that it is. You, you talked about you know it needs to be a genuine career path for people that they actually want to do that. But we got to you know we've actually got to make that happen. You know, and it's got to mm. be. And it's you know it's the thing you and I spoke about, and I was did a thing recently where you know we can't. And I'm going to talk Queensland salaries here. You know, business, it's very hard to be paying property managers seventy five, eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year um, to be chasing a plumber around a leaky tap or a tiler around a chip tile. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's not a sexy part of the role. And so I think we've got to be really, really clear of the money. If we're going to pay that kind of money for property managers, then give them something that's got some genuine value so they're not chasing hot water systems or I don't know, that yeah. kind of stuff. You know, that's I can right. kind of see over the next number of years that 
we're going to need to because I think the competition will will drive us there. We're going to have to turn some of our property managers and being asset managers where they actually mm. help people to grow their wealth. Um, you know, and they'll say, look, you know, you've now got another hundred thousand dollars equity in this property. Our loan people tell us this. There's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, you know, actually be advised to help people grow their asset rather than just be chasing, you know. Um, Leaky mm-hmm. taps, broken tiles, and yep. you know, and all yep. the other stuff. Look, but, I agree because we've got to get away from from just being reactive. And, and PM's always been reactive. There's, 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 it's not a shameful thing. It's just that's the way that it's evolved. But we need to now, as you said, start to get to that. And you don't even need to to, to, to bring in financial advice. You can say, well, look, the modelling is that your property has gone up by 12% over the last three yep. years. That's going to do this for you. We're going to introduce you to, you know, the, the loans guy. We're going yep. to introduce you to someone else who's our renovation specialist. Yep. We need to become that, that, that trusted advisor that yep. I think we all want to be. Mm-hmm. And there's a perception gap there. I know that, and I think everybody will, will, will probably go along with that. But we, we need to get away from that and start demonstrating that we do have a value to it. Totally. You know, imagine if we rank, we're ringing one of our owners and saying, you know, Mr. Mr. Jones, just want to let you know, I haven't had the opportunity to increase your rent this time around. You know, mm-hmm. I, I oot and art about whether we should ask another 5 or $10, but I just don't think I can get that. However... I've checked, and you're currently paying 4.5 percent in interest on your property. We've got a guy that's doing, you know, doing loans at 3.9 percent. That could actually yep. save you around about 154 dollars a month. So, you know, whilst I'm able to get you better rent there, I can save you some money on your loan. Should get charged mm-hmm. to give you, you know, like I said, wow, you know, or look, I've been able to shop your insurance around or do whatever. But actually, you're actually looking after stuff rather than putting yep. out bush fires or all the other that's stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. But but it is is that case that we are so busy putting our bushfires, and if we can take that piece of our role away or 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 minimise it, yep, and that's what that's what these platforms can do. I mean, you take out, you know, we, we can already take out all our admin. We can already mm-hmm. outsource everything from our our, our our lease preparation through to our rental disbursements to our owners. Everything there can be. Outsource. Okay. The only thing that we can't outsource is our interpersonal relationships. And if True. we, if all we're doing is managing the relationships, and we've got, you know, all the admin taken care of for us, we've got field services officers for one of a name for them out doing the inspections. You've got leasing consultants. We've got somebody else who does the 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 the, the in-going or the outgoing. I still think the PM needs to know the property, so they need sure. to 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 yeah. see it. But if you've got someone doing all these out of office things, and all you're doing is managing that relationship, the number of properties, for want of a better word that you're managing, will expand exponentially. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing all the all the grunt work as well, well, you don't get time for the relationship. And, and you're, you're right. And it's so many, like, you know, you and I were talking recently about, you know, there was a session we went to in, in, uh, uh, in South Australia where one of the presenters got two property managers on stage. One was mm-hmm. one of senior years, one was a younger one. Mm-hmm. He said, Start to finish, I want you to write on your respective whiteboard the processes you go through from the point of taking a phone call about renting a property through to the, the, the to the lease, when it's yep. leased. And, you know, the more senior property manager or your veteran property manager, you know, uh, take the phone call, uh, book the appointment, uh, go and find the keys, check the keys out, walk to the car, get in the car, drive to the property, put the bin out, open the front gate, you know, turn the fans on, turn the lights on, do whatever. It came up with about 60 steps that she went through um, mm-hmm. from the point of phone call to signing a lease. 
The other property manager was a young lady and she put up three. Send a lease application for, send a link to the virtual tour, send a lease application form, send a tenancy agreement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. He had 60 and she had three. Now, I'm not saying which one's right, but I reckon there's a mix in there somewhere because I'm <laughs> thinking all those, because the reality is through COVID, you know, when we couldn't do all these 60 steps, you know, we were sent a virtual We were doing tour. the three. So, yeah. so we, you know, why aren't we sitting down to say, right, oh, you know, um, what did we learn out of that that we could apply over to here? So you're right, because we could take out so much of that bureaucratic bullshit that drives everyone crazy that's not really necessary. We're only doing it because that's the way we've always done it. Right? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The nine most yeah. dangerous words yeah. are there in your business, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, the nine words, they're, they're the death knell, really, of, of, yeah. any, of any business. Yeah. But, but it's interesting because I heard, I'm going to, Tom's going to get against us, but I, I heard a very interesting um Proposition put forward before COVID from from someone I forget who it was now. I think it might have been Sophie Lyon. Actually, it was talking okay. about using robots or or something along those lines. Not not conducting virtual inspections, but having people meeting people at the property and taking them through with the iPad yeah. as as your your interface, so that they can be guided through the property. Seen it, yeah. seen it in action. It's it's there. It meets up at the door. Hello, welcome. I'll walk you through. Yeah, but it, but it, yeah, but. That, but whether it's the iPad or, you know, there's certainly Zillow in the United States now provide a lockbox on the on the front of the house and they mm-hmm. have security cameras inside and so they'll say to a prospective buyer or tenant or something that wants to view the home, here's the code, 246A, and it's going to work for the next 25 minutes. You can have access to the property, go and check it out. Um, uh, you can talk to one of our people via phone if need be. The security cameras monitoring, you know, that they're, they're inside mm-hmm. and off they go. No agent, no one's involved in meeting them there. They're just... You know, go your merry way, have a look around. Obviously, the people are screened before they go. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, sit down and go, is that what I do? Well, you know, probably we're going to see more and more of that stuff, you know. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, well, and, and maybe not that particular thing, but but an iteration of it. But then that, you know, you, you, you apply that thinking to other aspects of, of our role. Is it, mm-hmm. What else is possible here? Mm-hmm. Lots. This, yeah, you're right. Is the 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 future? Uh, and I and I sort of, you and I talk the same from the same language. Here. You know, the, I think the three things that anyone really wants as a client: they want speed, they want simplicity, and they want personalization. That's it. Really, you know, you're and, on it. Yeah, exactly. And if they can find that some way through the things that we do and the 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 the, the, the capacities that we have available to us, why are we not implementing them? People want things faster. They want them simpler. They can't mm-hmm. understand why they can go onto WalletWizard.com and have $10,000 in their bank this afternoon, but it takes three days to get an application process for a rental property. Mm-hmm. It yep. doesn't make sense. The technology yep. allows us to personalise experiences for, for people you know, and make them feel genuinely, you know, genuinely appreciated. But so many times we, we miss that opportunity as well. So you're right. You're right. I love it, mate. Speed, simplicity, personalisation. Personalisation. Yep. No, Thank I you. Love it. Yeah. Great, thank you. Well, wait, I think that's probably a good place to uh, to wind this up because we've been going okay. now for for a little bit longer than I think I normally would. Which, but then oh, you I'm and fine. I, yeah, well, you and I have a lot of words. So, <laughs> Peter, mate, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it, mate. Your time did fly. So I'm sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, truly, there is, there is. I, I don't do not apologise because. Hopefully someone's listened to the end <laughs> and they will get some, some some real benefit out. It just starts people thinking, really, that's all it's about. And it's just making people aware that they're not alone and we're all we all suffer. We all yeah. 
need to find ways to, to come, overcome our challenges, but start thinking ahead of those and start looking yeah. at using your imagination to see where, where your world's going to end. Peter Brewer from That Peter Brewer. Again, thank you so much, sir, and I will see you very soon either online or another conference. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. You're doing good stuff. Great things. See you. You've been listening to another podcast in the Influential Conversations series. This series is proudly brought to you by Tappy, helping property managers deliver a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and providing a total property care solution. Inspection Express, the market leader in property inspection reporting and digital signature property documentation, giving you a seamless approach to the way that you manage properties and Agent Dynamics, the Australian market-leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow and retain your property teams since 2014. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next time for the next in this series.